Ooh, we got a guest. Oh, we got a guest. We got a guest to talk Saints Patriots football. Welcome to the Six Rings of the See, Heart is already, if you're watching on YouTube, Heart is already shaking his head. I just try to incorporate a little local regional musical joy, a little bit of that joie de vivre that they actually have down there in New Orleans where they can still have joy in their heart when their team is underperforming, unlike up here in New England, where God forbid we lose more than we win. And it's time to not just cancel the season, but cancel everything. Anyway, that's behind emotional lines right now on six rings and football things brought to you, of course, by Odyssey, WEEI and 2400 sports. We go behind enemy lines to help get you guys pumped, primed and prepared for Saints at Patriots this Sunday at one o'clock. Joining us today, it is our pleasure to welcome down from New Orleans, but of course you may recognize him uh, as he covered the New England Patriots for years for The Athletic and MassLive.com. Now he is the man behind one of the better regional football sites out there, New Orleans.football, the one, the only. Nick Underhill joins the show. What's up, Nick? How are you, guy? Hey, doing great. Thanks for having me. Pleasure to have you, my friend. Um, So I just want to get right down to uh, the brass tacks of it all, like Look, you you you're obviously incredibly familiar with the team. You were here for a lot of the high times, so you saw the Patriots in what I like to call the double dynastic run functioning at an extremely high level, maybe a higher level than we've seen any NFL team function in decades. And now it seems like the new function is dysfunction. Just what's your outside of the organization but being you know ultimately familiar with it view as to what's going on with the Patriots right now? Well, actually, I, I covered the team for five total years, so I never got to see him win a Super Bowl. So it's like <laughs> me and Logan Mankins are, are the only people that were up there probably that, that just kind of <laughs> kind of caught all the wrong years. So I, I don't actually know how that happened. But um, look, I mean, watching the Patriots, I, I don't know. It's just kind of weird, like how how quickly some of the stuff fell off. Like obviously, like Brady leaving, you're gonna have downturn, and there's gonna be some dark days. But it's just like it's kind of like they, they can't get their hat out, the, out of their ass a little bit on some of this stuff. And it's just like kind of crazy to see it because like the hallmark of everything is supposed to be that they're smarter than everyone, better coach than everyone, you know, just don't make these self-inflicted wounds. And it just seems like they keep shooting themselves in, in the foot over and over and over. And it's a little bit surprising, like, you know, from a distance last year, like the offensive coaching was, was unbelievable. Like for a smart guy to do something like that, it just seemed just unfathomable for, for Bill to have, you know, that type of coaching on offense. Um, and it doesn't seem like it's gotten much better this year. You know, uh, seeing the offense just being so anemic, just kind of the reluctance to get skill players that can make plays still, even when you don't have a quarterback that's elevating everybody. Just some of the stuff they're doing just seems counterintuitive a little bit. And, and it's kind of crazy to watch. So you nailed it. You've, you've been paying close enough attention to nail that. Um, let's see if you can nail the reason why I, from afar, look at the New Orleans Saints and say, unlike the Patriots, they have weapons. They have guys named Olave and Thomas and Kamara, and yet their offense isn't working. The stat line from a week ago, I actually thought it was a misprint on Jesus, the game book to Kamara. I don't know that I've ever seen somebody catch 13 passes for 2.5 yards per reception. Um, what the hell is going on with the Saints offense? It's been un unbelievable, and I mean, look at the the Derek Carr stat line. He threw thirty seven passes and averaged three point four yards uh, uh completion. Like it just seems unbelievable to to be throwing the ball that much. He has an AC joint sprain, so I mean, I think that's probably part of it a little bit. There was a lot of stuff behind the line of scrimmage. Ten of those thirteen passes to Alvin were behind the line of scrimmage, uh, which I think I saw was like the highest since twenty twenty one, which is nuts. But I mean, they're just completely 
out of sync right now. And like you said, they got weapons. There's another guy too, Rashid Shahid, a, a really good player, uh, a wide receiver, very explosive down the field, but they just aren't getting the ball to their playmakers. And, and like, there's just stuff they're doing that just seems like very stuck in 1990. Like they're the bottom of the league the last two years in, in motion, bottom of the league the last two years in play action. Last year, if you doubled their play action, they still would have been in last place. Like there's just stuff that people are doing and it seems insane to call motion and play action modern football, but for the Saints, it would be getting closer to being more modern uh, on offense. But they just like don't do these things. And you know, Pete Carmichael was here for forever with Sean Payton. Sean Payton called all the plays, and I still think their offense works if you're calling the right plays. I do think that we're seeing in, in Denver is you know there's a little bit of it um, in in Los Angeles with the Chargers. You kind of saw it kind of struggle a little bit. This offensive system, Joe Lombardi was there. I do think that like some of it's a little bit outdated in that like a lot of things in the NFL have kind of bypassed the Sean Payton offense. But if you have the right guy with the right instincts calling the plays, which was Sean, like it's still highly, highly effective. They find the mismatches, all that stuff. Like I think Pete knows the plays, but he doesn't know when to call them. And, and I think it's been a huge issue. And there's kind of some stuff bubbling in the locker room right now. Uh, I did an interview with Alvin Kamara. It's on our YouTube page. He kind of talks about a lot of the issues and came like right up to the line of like calling out the coach, but didn't. And but it's kind of like read between the lines here. I think they're a week or two away if this keeps up for from things kind of going off the rails a little bit, maybe having to make a change. But they do have too many good players. And I do think that there's just too much possibility for it to get better, for it to get worse. So I do think they find their way. But I don't know if they, they become good enough to, to do what they want to do this year. Wow, it sounds like Andy, and we spoke about this earlier when we were previewing the game, that this could be a little bit of the Spider-Man meme game because in a lot of ways, like the Patriots and the Saints right now are mirror images of each other. Now, the Patriots make the move to bring back Bill O'Brien, who orchestrated one of the more successful iterations of the Patriots offense for three seasons, no Super Bowl in the time, but from 09 to 011, especially in 2010 and 11, the Patriots offense was functioning at an extremely high productive productive pace but then again that's because they had all world talent like good receivers two ascending tight ends and tom brady in the center of his prime now you have a bunch of basically i'm going to call them save for Ramondre stevenson a bunch of a bunch of young guys and distressed assets and you've got a quarterback whose nfl career just saw its absolute nadir last week in dallas when 38 to 3 didn't even say how how not close that game was uh what do you think about Mac Jones and you know do you think that uh he's going to be able to because he was great in college but obviously he again had weapons around him as well what do you think about Mac Jones and are the Saints even like worried about covering the Patriots offense this week I mean the Saints are really good on on defense and I think you know I I don't know that they're they're sweating it too much I mean but the way they play right now it's very much like the Patriots that like if you give up 16 17 points like you're probably going to lose the game so i mean there's always a little bit of a stress no matter who you go up against but it, it's kind of crazy just looking at the the roster i was looking i was going through it last night and it's just like you know like that there's no one that like we're, we're trying to do like five matchups for our podcast today and it's like what are the matchups like who are the guys that you're actually circling like we found two and it's just kind of like oh okay i guess like we'll do like bill belichick versus pete carmichael because like I, I don't know what else to do on here because the roster just just seems so deteriorated right now um you know the view of mac i you know I, i'm just speaking from a distance like i haven't been studying the patriots every week so i mean just like the 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 50 yard view of it just kind of feels like he's not really supported it just kind of feels like he's constantly being like undermined you're kind of wondering if the rug's being pulled out from under him he doesn't have the right coach like is this this bailey zappy like taking his job like 
it just kind of feels like he isn't supported in, in the system. Look, maybe he doesn't deserve it. Like maybe his play hasn't earned that that kind of trust, but it does kind of seem like a, a a tough environment to kind of like foster that talent a little bit. And I don't know, like every time I see a clip of, of Max speaking, it seems like he looks like he's miserable. Like, I, and I don't know if that's fair or not, but it just kind of looks like he, he's stuck in hell a little bit. And I, you know, I, I could be just talking out my ass right now, but that's just kind of how it looks from a distance. So obviously Mac melted down last week in Dallas, got yanked, made some uh, what Bill O'Brien called uncharacteristic plays, decisions, throws. Certainly that's part of it, but the, the test doesn't get any easier against the Saints. So this defense, tell us why it's so good. Tell us sort of the uh, the skeleton of the success for this defense. That's another challenge for Mac. So I think, you know, whatever you think of Dennis Allen as a head coach, and obviously the record hasn't been good throughout his career, and there's a lot of stuff that, that needs to get better. But defensively, like as, as a play caller, a designer, a defense, I, I think he's probably one of the top minds of this this era. And, you know, if anyone's like rolling their eyes right now, just like look at the Tampa games against Brady and what he was able to do against them year after mm -hmm. year after year. And yeah. they've been a top defense every single year. Um in you know, kind of the hallmarks of this defense in, in the front, the way they've operated has changed a little bit over the last couple of years. But, you know, they are just so good at disguising what they're going to do. And it's not like a super exotic scheme. It's just they're really good at just kind of showing something, holding it. And then it rotates at the snap and people get confused and they make mistakes. And, and Brady was one of those people like he could just never kind of solve what they were doing because there's just people showing up in places you aren't expecting them. So I think that's one thing that, you know, kind of watching the Dallas game last week, there was some of that with, with Mac. I think the Saints are going to be able to do some of the same stuff and, and maybe create some turnovers this week. And then in the front, like, they used to always be one of the teams that was blitzing at the highest percentage, and that's kind of changed over the last few years. They're kind of more of like a on third down, they go to their dime package. They like to get an extra DB out, out there, and then they go with the three-man front. And then, you know, they bring pressure from somewhere else on the field. And you just kind of never know where it's coming from. Is it a linebacker? Is it the slot corner? Is it a safety coming down? And they just kind of disguise their intentions really, really well up front. So you're trying to read it, but it's tough to read. So you're trying to figure that out. And then you're trying to figure out what the, the secondary is going to do. And there's just some moving parts. And, and it's just, you know, two layers of deciphering. And, and with younger quarterbacks, sometimes that can be a huge issue. So I just think they do like a really good job at that stuff. They typically tackle well. Last week, they missed like seven and they were kind of in key areas. So that was something that that kind of needs to get cleaned up a little bit. They've been injured a little bit in their secondary. They're getting Paulson Adebo back this week at, at cornerback. Marcus May, their other safety opposite Tyron Matthews in the last game of a suspension for a DUI from a few years ago. So rookie Jordan Howden is going to be starting. He's coming back from finger surgery. He's probably going to have a cast on his hand. So I don't know if there's going to be a ton of turnover potential there if he's, if he's playing with a club on his hand. But yeah, overall, it's just... It's just you kind of got to watch it and you get your look. And, you know, even when you look at the all 22, like you get your look and you think it's like, oh, they're playing cover three. And then it's like, wait, no, they aren't like they're doing something completely different. And, you know, even on film, sometimes it can be a little bit hard to sort it out. Yeah, the stuff that Dennis Allen was able to accomplish against Tom Brady uh, in the NFC South all those years was like the stuff of that was that was that was amazing. And so I think a lot of Patriots fans are concerned that they'll do that. And then some this Sunday against Mac. And there's been no signature offensive game for him in ages, let alone in the 2023 season, the Patriots right now. And if I'm Dennis Allen in the saints defense, I might be licking my chops because the Patriots are 31st in points scored in the league right now. And they lead the league by a large margin, 71% of their drives right now, Nick, and in either a turnover or a punt, like this offense is just stuck in the mud for a million different reasons. I think it's the offensive line mostly. And then you get to the, the talent around Mac Jones and then, and the quarterback as well. Could be a stew entirely. Speaking of 
offense and why things aren't functioning very well. I know Derek Carr's compromised with the AC joint sprain, but if he's healthy and if he's getting, if he's better this week and better, really much better in two weeks, do you think Derek Carr is the right fit for the New Orleans Saints offense? I mean, he, he's going to have to be. I mean, there's there's no there's nowhere else to go at, at this point, and they spent a lot of money on him. And I think it would be fair to say that he's been a little bit underwhelming to to start the season, even even before the the injury. It just it wasn't flowing, and it's it's kind of the stuff that you heard in in Las Vegas coming out of there. It was like, ah, oh, he's like not great in the red zone. There's some stuff under pressure. Like I think he's actually been okay under pressure, and he he bulked up this off season to kind of be able to to navigate that a little bit better. And I I think you do see more confidence in that aspect of his game, but they're four for 12 this season in the red zone. And, and it's just kind of been, I don't know, like some of the stuff down there just doesn't look good. It's just a little bit out of sorts, a little bit rushed, a little bit, you know, why are you making this throw? Um, so that's definitely something that, that he needs to figure out for them to be, you know, a, a better team, but there's just been kind of no, no rhythm, no flow. And again, I, I think some of it's Derek and I think some of it's play calling too. Like there's just stuff that they're doing that just doesn't make sense on, on offense. Like, Third downs, if you go look at their throw chart, like there's just like nothing happening in the middle of the field. Like there's just kind of like a, a empty square and you got kind of got like the green going up the sides and everything. And, and there's nothing happening in the middle of the field. And it's just like not Derek. Like there's not routes going to that area of the field at times. And, you know, against cover two, like middle of the field's open. You should be sending a route up the middle of the field. Like there's nothing there. And they aren't sending routes up the field in some of those situations. Uh, cover three, you get that hole behind the linebacker and the safety, you know, there's that zone right there. There's no routes going there on some of these plays. And like, I've never been a guy that, that's been comfortable criticizing coaching. Like I've just never done it. I've never had to do it. it. But like, you can see stuff in real time where it's just like, what the hell are they doing? They had a, they had this like reverse last week where, where Taysom Hill takes the snap. Derek Carr with the sprained AC joint is, is lined up as the running back. They toss it to him. He goes in reverse to the other side of the field pitches it to Alvin Kamara and then like Alvin's coming back and they have their their fifth wide receiver trying to hit a crackdown block from a four-yard split on a linebacker to save the play and it's just like the the understanding of personnel doesn't even make sense like that should be Taysom running the ball probably not the guy with the AC joint sprain that nobody believes is going to go to the other side of the field he runs like five second 40 probably at this point in his life like these plays just don't make sense and, and there's just stuff that's happening. So, I mean, I, I think some of it is Carr. I think he's underwhelmed a little bit. I think he holds the ball a little bit too long. I think he's still trying to figure some things out, which is probably to be expected. But if you aren't putting people in the right position to succeed, it's hard. And look, Bill says it all the time. Like, that players can't overcome bad coaching. Like, the coaching right now, I think, is objectively poor. Like, it's just, it's it's not putting the players in the best position to succeed. So I forget which press release it was, but there was sort of a reminder of the good old days that the Patriots since 2006 have the best record in the NFL and the Saints, I think, were fourth since then. And I was actually doing a hit down your way with Bobby Bear the other night, and he was sort of bringing up the post-Drew Brees, post-Tom Brady weird era that both these teams are in. What is the um, mindset of, you know, the Saints fan? I mean, are they in, are they bridging to the next year? Or are they sort of trying to stay above water like what's the big picture if you're questioning the quarterback and you're questioning the coaching like we are here and you are there what the hell's going on yeah i mean so like the fan mentality right now i think they're they're incredibly frustrated like they they just want to they want to see change for the sake of change like and i understand it like i i can't tell them to be patient like i get it if you want a different oc like i i totally totally understand it um they did look around after last offseason at their options. They they contacted some people they couldn't get, you know, a few guys. And I think if you go back and look, there was like 17 OCs hired. So 
at a certain point, like it's just like you'd be making a change just to make a change and you might not necessarily be upgrading uh, your staff. So I understand why they they stuck with their guy, but it was bad last year too. So they're they're ready for for change. I think they're incredibly disappointed because they bring in Carr and it just kind of felt like they had a good offseason. Like their run defense kind of fell off a little bit. They got some guys in the middle. Um, they trade Sean Payton, get the first round pick. In hindsight, <laughs> it might have been better to wait a year to get that pick from Denver. I think they had like the option to get it now or get it later, uh, a different package. Denver's kind of been bad, but look, they, they traded Peyton. They got the pick. They they go get Derek Carr. Like, I don't think anybody was looking at Carr as a savior, and I, he was never sold as a savior, but he was supposed to be someone that kind of, you know, came in, made it solid, allowed you to have all these playmakers. You move the ball a little bit, and they're, like, kind of worse on offense this year than they were last year, and they had Andy Dalton starting. Like, and I know that's kind of like a Twitter meme, like, oh, they got the same guy. Like, the difference between Dalton and Carr is, like, Dalton – just folded in the fourth quarter every game. Like he was fine quarter one to three. They need a drive in the fourth quarter. Like he can't throw an accurate pass anymore. Cars already led him to victory twice in the fourth quarter. So I do think it's an upgrade, but like overall, like the flow on offense, the yardage, all this stuff, like it is, it has been a little bit worse. And I think if you're a fan watching this team, you're probably extremely disgusted that like, they just can't figure out how to change things. And it does look like they have all the pieces. Like again, Olave, Mike Thomas, Rashid Shahid, Alvin Kamara, you got Taysom Hill. Like, you should be able to move the ball. You should be able to score points and they can't like, and it's, it's disgusting to watch. Like I would rather watch. I don't know. It's just, it's so boring to watch bad offense. I don't got to tell you guys, like, it's just like, it is the most grueling thing in the world. And it's just like, you know, you just don't want to see three and out, three and out, three and out, three and out. And that's kind of what it's been right now. I swear if we had AI go back in and every time you said Derek Carr, say Mac Jones yeah. and replace every Saints with Patriots, it would be the exact same thing. Like it's Except unbelievable. They have receivers. Like that's the one difference. They, they is do. I think the frustration in New Orleans might actually be greater because the way I look at it, Juju stinks. Devontae Parker stinks. They were good five years ago, but they're not good now. Like, right. as a Saints fan, I think I'd be like, wait a minute. We have weapons. Why aren't we making plays? So it's a. I think it's a different – did you say disgusting a couple times in there? I think it's a different kind of disgusting frustration, but similar frustration. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I think it's ultimately similar for sure. Uh, all right, Nick, we'll get you out on this one. Um we like to always uh, end with if let's say things go well for the saints or break new Orleans way on Sunday, we're all expecting a game that should be pretty tooth and nail. Yeah. A lot of, a lot of horizontal offense, a lot of hen pecking uh, from the quarterback <laughs> position. As I like to say, uh, I might be putting the farm and the family on the under in this game. And right now it sits at saints minus one. So the Pats are a home dog again, and it's 40. Um, if the saints, end up with the win give me a player like give me one guy on offense and one guy on defense not named like Derek Carr or Marshawn Lattimore or, or Kamara we may be talking about Sunday night on the post game or Monday morning in the headlines so defensively I think the guy that kind of gets slept on more than anyone and um Demario Davis is someone that, that's criminally underrated but I like the guy that I think is really good that nobody talks about enough is Pete Werner the other linebacker it, he he's just a very very solid player like just very sound always in the right place cleans up everything makes all the tackles uh you know, he's starting to blitz a little bit in, in some of that third down stuff he's someone that that i think is a playmaker um somebody else that pops off the screen and he's just so boomer bust though and you kind of never know what you're going to get week to week alante taylor the slot cornerback he's someone that just kind of you're going to notice him like <laughs> good or bad it, it, he's he's either going to hit a home run or he's going to strike out and that's just kind of the way he plays but it's it's a lot of energy and yeah he's definitely someone that can change a game um you know, and offensively, I mentioned him earlier, um, Rashid Shahid, he, he's he's their returner, too. He's already returned one for a touchdown, gets down the field. Um, 
does a lot of stuff, you know, vertically. Last year, he averaged 14.4 yards per reception, which I, I think is like one of the highest totals for a season in like the last five years. Like he he is an explosive playmaker. I don't know why they don't do more to get him the ball in space. In space, like I would be using him like Tyreek Hill a little bit, but you know the Saints don't do stuff like that. But maybe they will. Maybe they'll unveil a couple things this week. But I, I think he's the the underrated guy on offense that more people need to know. So before we get your prediction for the game, if you're comfortable making one, I forgot I had to ask you something because we always do this test when Bill Belichick says an opponent is one of the best players in the National Football League. We ask the the writer from the opposing city if they knew that. We did it with Chris Board last year with the Lions, and I forgot who it was, but he laughed out loud. He didn't know Chris Board was one of the best players. Is JT Gray indeed one of the best players in the NFL? <laughs> <laughs> like, okay, like is if you like on the Slater scale of, of a, of a gunner. Yeah. Like he's really good. He's really good. He's an all pro. He makes a ton of plays. Their punters stinks. Like this year he stunk last year. They had a different guy, um, Blake Gillikin. He, he just signed with Arizona. So like their punting hasn't been good, but JT gray and you guys know how this works. Like, you know, if you can't return it, like it ends up then that average ends up being good. So right. he is really, really good at that. Um, I don't, you know, it's just, I wasn't, I wasn't expecting you to say JT gray when you started that though. But that's exactly how Belichick does. And I, we, we should almost like come to expect the unexpected these days, or at least with the press conferences and the love letters and tongue baths that he delivers to guys <laughs> that you've never heard of before. But that's what lands him on the podcast and puts him in the minds of the writers and the fans and more. Uh, you got a prediction or? I mean, I don't want to make the homer pick here, but I, I just kind of feel like if you got two bad offenses and one team has playmakers, like I, I kind of feel like maybe they have a chance of figuring it out and they win like a 17 to 13 game. I, I don't Barn know. Burner. I know. I, I hope it's not. I hope both these teams figure it out, man. Cause like, I can't keep doing it. Like it just sucks watching like just, just terrible offense. So hopefully, hopefully both teams, you know, let's, let's see a race to 20, like 21. Like, <laughs> Honestly. Yeah. I mean, if we get to 2017 on Sunday, I think we'll all be cracking beers for one reason or another in the post game. Uh, give them a follow. It's a uh, Nick. Uh, it's at Nick underscore underhill. If I'm correct. Yep. Okay, on the tweet machine. And of course, if you want some of the best Saints coverage out there, it's New Orleans.football. Thanks so much for your time today, Nick. We appreciate it. Great catching up with you. Uh, we'll do a beer swap on the offline and uh, all the best the rest of the season. And let's uh, pray for some offense. Yeah, thanks for having me. Thanks, Thank buddy. You.